Welcome listeners to the first edition of the Give It A Go podcast, a collaboration between Platinum Care and the Pelican Project. Um, with me today is Bernie uh, from Platinum Care. Hello, Bernie. Hi, Charlie. And Sophie from Hi, Charlie. Sophie's house. Uh, this well-being podcast has come about because we received some funding from the legends over at the Claire Milne Trust uh, and they were going to support us to deliver some well-being sessions with some local well-being practitioners and for obvious reasons it's been very difficult to do that this year uh, particularly as so much of the things we had in mind would have involved being very close to each other and lots of touch and lots of close interaction so we've had to put that on hold for the time being um, but uh, Bernie came up with a fantastic idea of having a podcast where we could meet some of these well-being practitioners and discuss some things that we could be doing at home um, and sort of find out a bit more about the different sorts of well-being opportunities that are in Exeter that we can get involved with um, in our own homes at the moment and hopefully all together in the future. So we are going to be meeting with uh, a different well-being practitioner for each episode. We're going to be asking them some questions from our members and exploring a little bit about how they got into their practice and what kind of things they do. Can you tell us about the, what, what is, why, why are we doing this? Why are we, why are we doing this? Uh, why are we doing this? I would say um, that it's been very difficult for lots of people to uh manage things like stress and isolation during lockdown it's been a long hard year and certainly as a mum I have a, an adult son who has cerebral palsy I'm also a trained clinical psychotherapist and as uh, somebody who works with young adults who have uh have you know some support needs and there's no one size fits all we quite and for their families as well uh to to have some introduction to things like maybe a therapy um, or some sensory uh, work that some of the practitioners because we've got a really rich culture of uh, good holistic practitioners in our in our basin whether we could bridge that gap and give some form of introduction using a social media like so this online platform before we meet are able to meet so that people can have a look at it and see what they think and then potentially give it a go when when they're able to meet in the in the in the center after uh, the lockdowns are finishing. So that's really what what we thought we would do, just to give them the opportunity to have a look. Absolutely, thanks, Bernie. And it's about and and uh, the podcast aptly named "Give It a Go" because, as Bernie said, it's about uh, making people aware of this rich resource of um, of well-being opportunities and encouraging people to give it a go and on that note um, we'd really encourage you if you're a listener to the podcast to share this with your family with your friends and anyone else who you think might benefit from just knowing about some different well-being practices so Bernie and I work closely with young people with a, a range of learning disabilities but as Bernie's identified um, this network that we're part of of artists of professionals of carers of parents families uh, we all we all have a mental health. We all need um, to give our well-being some attention. Um, so, really, this podcast is for anyone 
who who, who um, is interested in exploring their own uh, mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. And so we've got our first guest with us today. Hello. The, the wonderful Sophie Blinstrub. My name's Sophie and I moved to Devon about four years ago. I used to live in Reading. Uh, I've been an art teacher for the last 10 years, um, mainly in secondary schools. Yeah, working at Exeter College, I worked in the Foundation Learning Support Department, um, mainly with level one learners, um, often some of them have retaken their English and maths DCFEs, and I was teaching them level one art alongside that, so they could gain their BTEC throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them had quite complex emotional needs um, and behavioural needs as well, um, and so I was also their tutor. And I think that kind of planted the seed for me for how important it was to find a different way sometimes to deal with your emotional problems. Um, quite often with students, I found that um, a way in sometimes was if, if, if they were struggling, sometimes just sitting down with them and just having a piece of paper and a pen or some paints out and just letting them doodle, letting them kind of express themselves on the page with different marks. It, it sometimes, not all the time, but it sometimes helped with me being able to um, help them find a way out of their dark place. Um, and I think that that's come, a, come around a lot in the last in the last few years. Things like um, colour therapy, where you, you can get like colouring in books, and you might um, colour in, and it's. It's from for me. It's it's a way, another way, of um, expressing your emotions, and I think that that became heightened when I was working at the college. Um, but I've always I've always kept sketchbooks and um, journals, as I find it for me, it's a really good way to just kind of work through stuff that's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I've started to do now. Um, I have started an Instagram um, one of them is called art journaling with kids um, because during the pandemic I found that my daughter was struggling a lot she's got she's got um, high functioning autism and um, she was really struggling with not having any kind of routine and not kind of talking being able to talk to her best friend um, and not being able to play and I'd noticed that it was really affecting her um, quite a lot and she she saw me journaling and we ended up doing it together throughout the lockdown and from that came this Instagram um, where she actually wanted to put it online um, she said you know maybe we could help other people which I was thought was just such a lovely thing to hear um, so now we do that together sometimes she comes up with an idea of a journaling activity um, and that's been really lovely I mean obviously she, she's only six but I think it it's something I kind of want to pursue, maybe, maybe doing some kind of thing with younger children. Um, but I also have my own Instagram um, where I've been trying to journal every day. I am on day 320 something. Um, and I've been putting it out there on social media um, to try and help help people realise that journaling can help you help your mind. Yeah. 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 Um, can I ask before we go any further, do, do, do you find um, that the journaling, because uh, 
uh, with people like who sort of struggle with uh, uh, the, the internal world and getting it out there, do you find that the actual physical act of journaling, so physically getting the paper, getting everything ready, picking the colours and everything else, do you find that quite cathartic? Is it is it is there pleasure and kind of something in the movement to actually choose to sit down and do it? Is there something in that that you feel is beneficial? Yeah, actually, now, you, now you've mentioned that, when you were saying getting things ready, that I do really enjoy that time because for me, that is my my time. Right. Often I my house is full of children's things and I don't have my own kind of space. So, yeah, and I think um, what you said about colours, you know, choosing a colour and, and choosing what medium you're going to work in, whether it be paint whatever it might be mm. um, you, you're sort of thinking about how you might have felt that day um right so for example um if you're feeling really happy for me for me yellow is, is quite a happy color oh. so i might choose like to get my yellows out and yeah um that kind of thing um yeah i think clearing a space for yourself and and um it can be quite a nice process can't it? yeah 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 definitely so uh obviously we've got questions on that from from the people who've who've who've, uh, who've sent them in already um what i'm really curious about is is there a correlation between color and mood that you've found in your experience so if you're having a really rubbish day or a really rubbish week are your doodles and the colors you pick are they darker for example or if you're having a great time or it's somebody's birthday and you've got a big piece of chocolate cake, are they yellow? And, and as you just said, so are you noticing when you look back on them that there's a correlation between your internal feeling and the colours that you're actually using in your work? Absolutely. I Definitely. Um, I do quite a lot of collage in, in my uh, journals as well. And um my my mum actually gets uh, Devon Life delivered the magazine. She'll keep it for me. And uh, I remember one day, like deep in lockdown, when I was feeling really quite emotional and quite down, and kind of like how everyone's been feeling that everything's repetitive. Um, and I got out all the kind of the wintry ones that she kept, like all the Christmas ones, and it had like you know uh, quite a lot of darker colours, like you just said, and and that came out in my work. Um, so absolutely agree with that as well as um, the kind of sunnier time the happier times things like um, like really glittery garish wrapping paper and things that or old birthday cards that are really bright I end up using things like that as well so definitely colour right. quite a lot right, right. I'm, I'm quite interested to know um, in the absence of being able to exhibit our work and show each other like we, we might usually do is the Instagram platform, is, is, is that, that way of showing people what you're doing, is that an important part of the process for you? Or do you have some elements of your journaling which you are deliberately keeping private um, and don't want the, other people to see? How does that, how does that play out on, on your Instagram and that, using that as a platform for people seeing your work? Yeah, um, I think when I first started, I didn't think about doing Instagram, but I think that that was because it was before lockdown happened um, and then yeah lockdown one happened and the world seemed to kind of shut down for me it did become important to be putting things online and and I'd not really ever used like things like hashtags before but on Instagram but started using them 
hashtagging in kind of um you know how the mood you're feeling or like just even um journal for mental health is quite a big um hashtag mm. and that meant you ended up with other people following you and then you could look at their work and follow them um because they've linked in with the hashtag and i didn't i didn't even know what hashtags were before oh, um, oh just aware that you can probably hear ralph in the background is that okay for the podcast that is quite all right that's a, yeah. a, a nice sound effect okay <laughs> I, w- I just wanted to say so that so much of what you said um really i feel is really relevant to our, our visual the experience of our visual art group at the moment um you said a minute ago about how you and your daughter have been brought together by doing this art journaling and i just think um that's been such an important thing for the pelican project that although we haven't been able to be in the same room together that through our art we've we've ended up collaborating on pieces we've ended up spending time together where we're talking about our art and then inevitably our feelings uh, and that's that's um so i can really recognize the experience you've had there with your daughter um and i've forgotten what else i was going to say so i'll let you carry <laughs> on. Um, well i i'm just wondering is it okay because we've got some questions yeah. how, uh first one is how did you discover art journaling i know you've explained in some of your intro but could you tell us a bit more about how you discovered your uh pleasure what, what you get from the art journaling for us yeah definitely um I think it's always been ingrained in me. Um, I studied art at school and then at university. Um, And then I, yeah, then I went into my teaching qualification and and it was an art teaching qualification. And for me, I mean, I've got hundreds of like notebooks half done and and I've just got a bit of an obsession with (laughs) buying notebooks. (laughs) That seems to be a thing. Um, But also making your own as well, like, you know doodling on a scrap of paper or receipt and kind of putting them all together into a book that's been good as well um but yeah it's always it's always been in me to do that because I think you know all artists will keep sketchbooks keep journals keep little notebooks and get you know bits of paper and stuff um and the way that it, this has kind of panned out over the pandemic is um well no actually I think it's been before that I think when I had my first child in 2014 um art was just on the back burner because she was my first baby um you know she took over my world which is amazing but I I sort of lost who I was as an artist quite a lot um and pootled it around it did bits and bobs and stuff like that and then when I had Ralph which was last January I uh, I saw this group online called Mothers Can Make um and they are they're a national movement for women who care about creating and create whilst caring for their children. Um, and they're incredible. And I noticed that um, a, 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 there's a lady called Lizzie Humber who, who um, co-produces the Mothers Who Make. And she put this thing on Facebook saying um, that they were having a, a maternal journal meeting in the baby room in Exeter. Um, and I sort of signed up to it thinking I hope I get a space I might not and and I did get a space and I went along and it was this amazing space with lots of other mothers with babies in either still inside them or babies on them Um, and we were all together and we were all journaling together um, guided by Lizzie and she had a different artist coming every week to talk to us Um, and we created together and then we went around in kind of like a sharing circle 
Um, and that for me flipped something in my head because it made me think that, that and this is the point for mothers to make, that there's no, just because you've had a child, it doesn't mean you're not an artist or, or a maker anymore. You know, you, you can do those things together. Um, so, you know, we have babies crawling around the room and mothers were there like making and talking about their work and it might be poetry or painting or whatever it might be, the activity you're doing. So even though that became a turning point for me because I thought, hang on a minute, I can still be an artist whilst I'm a mother. It's not this kind of like what I press pause, bring up the kids and, 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 and a way to do that is with journaling because you can, you know, shove a, shove a sketchbook in, in your nappy bag, nappy changing bag, you know, and, and be doing it when, you know, they're asleep or whatever. Or, um, so, and that's when I thought when the pandemic hit and when um, we then went into lockdown, that was my way of dealing with things was to carry on with the journaling. And, and, and it, it's always been in me, but I think going to that session with Mothers Who Make, um, it kind of uh, propelled, propelled it and, 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 and cemented it in me that I, I can do it. And um, so I'm really thankful to that and to the maternal journal guides because yeah, it's, it's carried on since then. And maybe it, maybe it would have done, but I don't know if I would have found that without going to that session. Mm. So, um, oh, it's interesting. Yeah. But also always, I remember being younger and uh, me and my friends hanging out or being in the pub um, and we, someone, it was the days before you had your phone in your hand all the time. I'm showing my age here, but like instead of kind of like scrolling through Facebook and showing your friends, we'd, we'd have a notebook or a piece of paper or a bar mat or something. And we'd always be like doodling or like doing little comic strips. Or uh, we used to do this thing called minutes, keeping the minutes. So you, you'd listen to what people were saying in the pub or the cafe that you were in and you'd write down little sentences. It might be someone on another table might go, Oh, can you pass me the salt? And then another person might go, You know, oh, I can't believe what he did last night. And then you'd write down all the sentences and then you try and put them together into some kind of poem, you know, so like that, and that was like back in the, no, I don't know when that was, it was a while ago, <laughs> quite old. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that's a form of journaling as well, where you can kind of do it with friends, not necessarily even in a, how are you feeling? It can be literally like what you're hearing or what you're seeing. Right. Writing or noting down, drawing it. So, so yeah, um, it's come from lots good. of places, I guess. Um, yeah. and, uh, there's a couple of questions that are, are more about you, but the, the next one um, that's uh, come into it that is related to your practice is how did you realise that it was not just good for you, for yourself, but that you wanted to teach it as well and you wanted to put it out there a bit more and, and support other people who might be struggling or might find it useful, a useful technique? Yeah, I think that was in the pandemic as well with my daughter when I realised how beneficial it was for yep. her to create us. And it was our way of bonding and talking about our feelings. Um, I remember once we did this, everyone kind of did those big rainbows, didn't they, in the, in the yeah. windows. And we did a smaller rainbow and a little book. And around it, we wrote words about how we were feeling. And that was she she took a moment by herself to do that and there were words on there that I didn't know that right. she was being that way um and then we were able to talk about those feelings um so I think from that I thought you know this is 
I want I almost want like everyone to be journaling. <laughs> and and or even um just writing, but you don't have to do artwork, you can just be writing, can't it as well? So um that's probably where it stemmed from, yeah. Right. Thank you. Um there's a couple of, uh, there's another one about, do you do anything to your environment, like the lighting when you're doing the art therapy? Do you have to, do you have to create an environment specifically or is it something that's transferable to any environment? Is there anything specific? I, I think it really is, any, I don't really do anything. It's any environment because it's, it's, it's got to be, um, sometimes it can be like, oh God, I've got to write this poem. You know, I did it the other day. I was uh, looking around the room and the whole house was a tip because of the kids <laughs> but there were a million other things I wanted to do apart from pick up these toys and the crumbs and the nappy and that you know like I just wasn't in the mood just didn't want to be a mother for the day um but I and I ended up just sitting down and just in pencil just writing down this poem um and so I think yeah it's kind of it's from it can be anywhere you can do it and I think that's the, that's the beauty of it as well you don't have to kind of have a specific equipment or right you know it's all specific lighting um some people might like that though they might like to have their own they might like to do it with me but personally i just anywhere any kind of light yeah yeah um so we've got three questions here um that are more about you um as a practitioner if you were an animal what animal would you be i mean i think somebody's been there it's quite an interesting question uh what if you were an animal what would you be would you be a wolf cat i don't know definitely that's a good one um i think it's got to be some kind of bird mainly because i would love to be up high and looking down and seeing people but at the same time i'm kind of scared of heights but i would like to be a bird that's a bit strange isn't it um, and I also really like penguins because I love the way that they walk. They look like they should have arms, like a soldier, but they don't. And I find them quite comical. You'll have no problem with heights if you're going to be a penguin. Yeah, exactly. So maybe maybe we're going with a penguin here. I think we'll be a penguin. Nice. Plus, I prefer to be too cold and too hot. So, yeah, I'll say penguin. Penguin. <laughs> I can imagine you as a penguin. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, cool. <laughs> All right. We've got, what's your favourite music, Sophie? Favourite music, right. So it often depends what mood I'm in. Yeah, so we have a thing in our house called Kitchen Disco. You get, you know, especially when lockdown was getting really bad, you get the turn of the lights, you've got this disco ball thingy, shove it in the middle of the room. If, if it's Kitchen Disco time, it's got to be something really upbeat i mean annie always wants to put on the trolls soundtrack i don't know if any of you have seen trolls before but i've had enough of that to be honest or the lego movie soundtrack or something normally wow. but no I, I quite like a bit of janet jackson actually if, if we're in a dancing mood um but when i was younger i really loved blur the band and that, that still is they still are my favorite i think i can always listen to blur but you know, at the same time, I listen to all sorts. Like um, Ella Fitzgerald's quite calming, nice. Um, I quite like a bit of like sometimes a little bit of hip hop as well. Cool. Honestly, it just depends what mood I'm in. Really. Favorite, favorite Janet Jackson song? Um, if. Okay. It's not that well known. No. Um, I also quite like um, What Have You Done for Me Lately. That's a classic. 
Okay, cool. And he's meant to be touring at some point, and I'm going with my best friend. Even if the tickets are five hundred pounds, I'm going. Right. Well, the the member that that question came from, Chris, is really into Tina Turner at the moment. So there's um. Oh, not Tina Turner. Tina, there's some perhaps some connection with Tina Turner and your taste there a little bit. Yeah, um, I love her. She's great. Um, so Tina Turner is the one who does. She does simply the best, right? Does. Yeah. So simply the best. Did she do um? Oh, tell you which my favorite one is is um. It's, I mean, I played it to Annie a few times, although Simon, my, my husband, said that it probably shouldn't because of the tone and the message of the song. But it's fine, because she doesn't know that, didn't know the lyrics. But it was this private dancer. I think that's right. got such um, such a good beat, kind of like, you know, a bit chilled, a bit romantic, but yeah, quite like private dancer. So I'm going to tell Chris that. And I like, um, simply the best is, I mean cracking voice isn't she well I'm sure he'll be listening and simply the best is his favorite I think at the moment so um I'm sure he's very pleased about that so, um we've got a question coming in which is what do you do to relax and I guess we're talking about things perhaps other than your art journaling what is it that you might do uh to get in a relaxing mood Um, a nice walk is always good. Um, I quite I do like walking on the beach, but not been able to do much of that. So I'm quite near like a like a park, so I just quite like to go for a walk. Um, used to love going swimming. That was my way, but obviously I do see swimming, but I've not this time of year. But, but as soon as it starts brightening up a bit more, I'll be in the sea. Um, but yeah, the swim, as soon as the swimming pool's open, definitely. Uh, otherwise, just just have a good old box set on. That's always nice to relax. What are you watching at the um, moment? I am re-watching Benidorm. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. Yeah, yeah I've watched yeah. that. Watched I that just love that. it. I think it's great. <laughs> Johnny Vegas at his finest. Yeah, on my second. <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. So um. That's what I've been watching. I quite like Peep Show as well. Oh, yeah, I like Peep Show. Classic, classic stuff. Here's six six good questions. Thank you. You've answered them really nicely as well. That's really informative. I feel, I don't know about you, Bernie, I feel like we could carry on talking and like elaborating on these questions a lot longer, for a lot longer. Um, So that's testament to how interesting your answers were, Sophie. Um, Mm. Oh, thanks, guys. I could chat to you guys a lot. Well, well. I, I guess before we finish, we, we, we better go on to what, um, to looking at perhaps an activity that our members and anyone else who's listening might want to have a go at. Mm. Um, and we've, um, we've talked about this a little bit, Sophie, and, we, and, uh, and what, what might be um, appropriate or accessible for our members to have a go at. And You've come up with um, some really uh, interesting starting points for art journaling. Um, and we're going to um, look at them over the course of a whole term. Done. So could you, could you start by telling us um, some of the ways that we might be able to make our journals? It's really important to all of our members and, our, and specifically with our art group that we're not buying too much stuff and we're not... Um, buying too much new stuff and we're reusing and recycling as much as possible so I really liked your ideas about uh, making the journal so could you tell us about that yeah so a journal doesn't always have to be 
something that you would spend loads of money on or you know buy from a shop mm-hmm. um, you could make your own and there's a few different ways you could do it um one of my past students i had a few years ago was quite into like 3d stuff and um he ended up making his sketchbook out of a, of a shoebox so he had mm-hmm. a shoebox that he decorated with all his kind of words on and he graffitied it and then inside that he was putting bits of paper um and so yeah that's quite a, mm-hmm. quite a you know a nice way to, to make a journal um and i thought you could also do that with like something like an old matchbox or um i even did it once with a stock cube box um and ended up like folding bits of paper that kind of went inside it um so that's that's one way you could do it another way i've done journaling in the past is using kind of like an old roll of paper so we had some leftover wallpaper once and i kind of cut the bottom of the wallpaper to make it a little bit smaller and then you know you just have it on a roll which is quite liberating actually because then you can sort of see how long you can make it um and like join up your days as well which is quite a good way to do it um, but yeah, like like Charlie said, with, with things like recycling being being quite important, and obviously not wanting to spend a lot of money, is um uh, just kind of like keeping things like uh, like envelopes. Sometimes have when you open them out, they sometimes have like quite an interesting pattern on the inside. Um, so you know if you get if you get any junk mail through your letterbox, um, even if it's got stuff all over it, you could still kind of um, collage onto it or use sticky tape to um, stick something on top of it. Um, so receipts as well are good um, to use. So anything that's kind of like you could draw on it or you could stick something onto it, keep hold of it. So Sophie, you'd, you'd um, we'd had a look at some of your really good starters for journaling ideas. So yeah, I, I did make a little video about kind of like doing a journal for the week. Um, and the the themes I kind of came up with as starting points were things that I I've done a lot of before. I kind of realised they were coming up a lot for me. Um, but by all means, you know, make make up your own prompts, um, whatever suits you best. But uh, so one of the ones I came up with was, uh, was about maps. Um, so thinking about like. Um, it could be a map around your house if you're in there, if you're in your house quite a lot. You know, I find that I keep going across kind of like living room, kitchen, bathroom, living room, and it makes this, can it make a pattern going from place to place? Or um, you might end up drawing that. Um, my daughter uh, quite likes to do the same routine, the same route when we're walking. I think maybe that's part of her autism as well. And um, so that became a map where I drew kind of like going to see wave at people through the window you know going around to you know, grandma's house friend's house whatever it might be um and another one for maps was like uh just getting an old map you know you could like doodle all over the top of an old map if you've got any old print off the internet um that kind of thing uh so yeah one of my favorite ones is um about inventions um, so you asked me earlier what my what I'd be if I was an admin, and one of kind of uh, my inventions during lockdown was to kind of invent your own animal. Um, so and, and my daughter and I did it together, where you you, you know you cut out bits of different animals. Maybe you've got like a, a magazine of animals, or you can print them off, or draw animals and then cut them up and then kind of make your own. I ended up making this like 
crazy animal with like a, a tiger's face and like octopus arms and so that could be an invention um at the same time you might want to invent a new machine um because maybe uh, something that could do the washing for you or something some kind of machine that could do something for you um that was quite a that's quite a good one to do to kind of you know get your head thinking about something else and mm. you know not a kind of emotional one mm. um and also last one i think that i quite liked was um the, the celebration one so a celebration prompt um and with that one i like to get a photo of something that you're really something that's made you really happy so for me i took it was a photo of me holding my baby when he was born um and i kind of doodled all around that about like you know lots of different colors and celebration celebratory colors um kind of a, a really good positive thing that's, mm. that might have happened during this pandemic crazy time um, so you can kind of just take any any word and make it into a theme for the day um yeah that's yeah. really cool thanks sophie yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna have a look at that in our in our next week's art um art session we're going to take one of those prompts and have a look at that together and we will uh we can keep you updated via instagram and we can show you what we've what we've been up to oh please do i'd love i can't wait to see it i'd love to see what you get up to yeah absolutely awesome cool thank you so much sophie Thanks. um it's been really lovely to have you on the show this week sophie and tune in next week guys for uh, a look at meditation with our friend tom who is a cognitive behavioral therapist and um, practices various different types of meditation so we're going to have a look at how that might be applicable to our our group next week and don't forget to share this with as many of your friends or anyone who, who you think might benefit from it. And most importantly, don't forget to give it a go. Cute theme tune. <laughs> <laughs>